Blog Talk Radio. Somebody out there got a dream. Somebody out there got a dream. Welcome to the Ryan and Brian Show. It is Wednesday night, so that means at 9 p.m. It's time for Ryan and Brian. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Green. And I'm Brian Johnson, man. I thought we were going to listen to that whole song. I'm like, that's my jam. <laughs> yeah, you know, every now and then we got to just let it ride out a little bit. But, uh, you know, sometimes I get start sitting here, start diddy bopping and forgetting we got a show to do. I'm not just listening to my iPod. But, yes, indeed, man. It's back on the air. We are back. So, uh Wonderful, man. How are things going out there in Michigan? Hey, man, things are lovely. Things are lovely. I'm, I've been very excited to see that we're one of the few places, it seems, that hasn't had snow in a while. So, you know, all the people that talk so bad about Michigan, it's good to see you all having having a lot of snow while we're sitting here uh, sitting pretty in the in the um, overcast, uh, kind of cold, but no precipitation. So we've really been enjoying ourselves, man. How, how's everything out in Maryland? Man, it's cold out here. You got people out here looking for spring, man. We had, um, I don't know, it was two weeks ago, we actually got above 60 on the weekend, and we thought, okay, here we go. And uh, we're right back down into, they they said it was feeling like January in the mornings, uh, the weather people were talking about. So it is freezing down here. Actually, we just had, like, a real, (laughs) uh, the best snow, actually, was uh, two days ago. I mean, the best, you know, snowball snow. Uh, so we've been kind of getting away. Parts of Maryland got it bad, but this part of 95, we've actually kind of had a, a mild snow winter. But it's been cold, man. I'm ready to get on with the spring. You got people on the news talking about um, indicting Patuxahani Phil <laughs> for for not let for saying spring was coming and it's not coming. You know, I mean, it's, people are really looking for some warm weather, man. It's been a crazy winter. So, you know, you know, it's so funny to me. Uh, it's funny how people really think that, like, the weatherman controls the weather. <laughs> the, right, that's right, right. Like, like weathermen get like death threats uh, when it if, if they uh, if they predict the weather wrong or if the weather isn't isn't the way that people want. And, and it's pretty funny, man. It's funny how how people get into that. Yeah. So I, I agree. I agree with that. But uh, man, so you know, it's March. So you know, you know what that means. It's March Madness time. I, I gotta admit, you know, what, what, I gotta ask you first. What's your bracket looking like? I know you probably picked Michigan to win it all. But. Uh, you know, you know, actually, actually, I did, I didn't pick Michigan to win it all uh, because I figured if I didn't uh, pick them to win it all and they won it all, I'd still win, and then I'd have a chance <laughs> to win something else. So you know me, I I definitely hedge my bets, and then also I I'm typically not superstitious unless it has something to do with sports. Then I get super uh, super. 
and um, wow. I uh, and, and so I didn't want to jinx my team. So I don't have them winning it all. I think I have Louisville winning it all. But uh, but I'm I'm pretty good, man. To be honest, I'm like either first or second in, in most of the the uh, competitions that I'm in. You know, some people just don't understand that there's a science, man, to uh, to picking these teams at least early on, and, and that and that science is really, uh, you know, really helped me so far. How about you? What, what's your bracket look like? Well, clearly, I don't know the science, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't uh, follow college basketball until. Uh, March Madness, so I started listening to uh, the the experts and kind of trying to make some uh, picks there, and then kind of trying to figure out. I, I enjoy trying to pick the upsets, and, and it's um, crazy because when I saw the bracket and I saw Georgetown was playing uh, some school FGCU, and I was like, "What in the world is that?" I thought it might have been a full gospel church university or something like that. I didn't know what it was, <laughs> uh, you know. But I knew that Georgetown has. A record of really being embarrassed in the um the the, the tournament, and I was uh-huh. like, you know what? I bet Georgetown is going to lose, but I didn't have the guts to pick them. <laughs> so, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew that was yeah, coming. So I didn't pick them, but I, I felt it. And I was like, man, I would have. I would have like a genius that I picked that school, but I had no idea what FGCU stood for at the time. But we all know right. what Florida Gulf Coast is all about now. And, uh, but I'll so tell you what, it, it, it's, uh, it's pretty, uh, one of the good things about that is that uh, that typically nobody's picking those types of upsets. So that that's one, you know, that's one, uh, those types of wins uh, will destroy every, everybody's bracket. And, and, you know, the interesting thing about those, about brackets is that really the best way to win is to pick who wins the whole thing. <laughs> you know, right, like, right, exactly. Inevitably, all the rest of the stuff doesn't matter how these things are weighted. Uh, whoever picks the lat, the final team. So I hope I'm wrong, man. I hope Michigan uh, wins this whole thing. They're they're playing really well, and we have a big game coming up on Friday. So I'll be rooting along. Go blue and uh, and shoot. And actually, I come to think of it, do you even have a team in, in the? I know you're a big uh, Baltimore Ravens fan, but <laughs> yeah, no that's, that's why I don't fans. follow college basketball because uh-huh. there's no emotional connection there. You know, it's just. Is there's really no reason, uh, no need for me to be that emotionally attached to it. So that's why I don't follow. So no, I don't have a team in it. You know, I I, I cheer for if Michigan wins. That'd be great because you'd be happy. Um, I chose Louisville to win the whole thing too, though. Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. So nah. But uh, man, in other news, switching totally uh, subject. You know, I guess we you know before we go any further, always forget. Let's set up the show, man. Tonight, you know, we we have a theme once we actually get into the show. Tonight is going to be all about love and relationships. We have a great guest who's going to be on the show in a minute. Then we're going to talk about some topics uh, dealing with some, uh, you know, love and different aspects of relationship. We have a couple of questions in the Ask R&B segment that were posed in our Facebook group that we're going to tackle on the air as well. So we've got that lined up. So 646-652-2647 is the number to call in, 646 646- Six five two two six four seven is the number to dial in. If you want to listen online, you can listen to us at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rob Ross Show. So we got to get that out the way, um, get people on to, to know how they can check us out. But man, um, Dion Warwick, did you see the story this morning? You know, I was sitting in an appointment this morning. It was on CNN. They were talking about Dion Warwick was broke. You know, she filed for bankruptcy. She has about a thousand dollars in cash on her. You know that that she, but she makes. Twenty-one apparently twenty-one grand a month, uh, but she's broke, man. She has ten million dollars in tax debt mm. right now. So, uh, you know that story was just like you know we see so many of our 
uh, icons <laughs> that that just don't end very well. The stories don't have happy endings. Uh, did, did you see that story, man? Uh, yeah, actually, I did, man. I'll tell you what. It's uh, it. You're right. We hear that a lot. I mean, well, there's there's a couple things. There's sometimes people say uh, someone's gone bankrupt, and then other times I think with Dion Warwick, you know, she's broke, and they they're, they're broke, actually right? there actually is a difference. It was a difference, you know, right? Exactly. You know, I wouldn't um, talk about it was bankrupt, right? They said right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bankrupt means that you that you owe a lot of money to some creditors, and you know that you're not going to be able to pay them. And so you get protection by the courts to not have to pay some people. But if you're broke and you have a thousand dollars in your pocket, that means that you know you're you're not living as well as Brian Johnson over here in Ann Arbor, Michigan. So, <laughs> so you know that that's really a, a tough pill to swallow. But I'll tell you what, um, Uncle Sam is no joke. Uh, you know, I, I guess if Tea Partiers had their way, we wouldn't pay any taxes. But until that day comes. People have to pay taxes, and I, and I can imagine with uh, with people like Dionne Warwick at one point in her life, man, we don't, you know, we, we're not old enough to know, but Dionne Warwick was like the stuff, you know. Right. I mean, she was like she was like the Whitney Houston of the 70s at one point. Right. And so I'm sure that money was coming in, and she probably just lost track. So uh, so make sure you get your, your taxes together, man. That, that's the only thing and I can yeah, and what they were saying was it's not so much the actual principal amount of tax that she owes, but it's the interest and fines from all the years and trying to, uh, you know, she's she's had several payment plans and tried to make things work. But, man, that interest will get you, bro. So, yeah. You know, penalties and fines and everything. So, you know, um, wish her the best. But uh, Yeah, you know, you know, and it's funny, uh, just real fast, I know a lot of times, man, what, what people will do and will do that, uh, uh, a lot, and I say we loosely, but uh, you know, pe- people will call our phone or, or send mail. They start sending you uh, envelopes that are different colors and stuff, and people don't want to open them up, man. Hey, it's better <laughs> off. You're better off just opening that stuff up because it is not going away. Right. <laughs> it's not yeah. going away. Answer your phone. Tell them you can't pay. You know, uh, open up the mail because it's just you know it, it's worse. And like you said, interest will jump on your back, and that's something you don't want. Absolutely. So, man, let's let's uh, try to switch the stuff. You know, switch, switch the tone here. We want to go here, like I said, get into this 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 love stuff, this relationship stuff. Both of us are very big proponents on uh, love and marriage, and and we want to when any, any opportunity we get to talk to people who uh, can help relationships stick together we try to do that so tonight we have a very special guest i'm gonna let you go ahead and introduce her and we get ready to bring her on the air excellent well it is uh it is my distinct pleasure to introduce this young lady she's actually a uh despite her her uh relatively young age she's a very accomplished actress and uh you know she's been featured featured on film and television shows such as um as the world turns castle uh, Law and Order. She's been uh, done some off Broadway shows and and uh, you know different different shows like Rent and Evita and just all types of things. So we might talk a little bit about that, but uh, but she's also a uh, a budding author and has published her first book. Uh, so I'd like to bring to the show Miss Anna Bowen. How are you today? I'm good, guys. How are you doing? <laughs> doing incredible. Great. And and you're actually out in California, right? I um I live in Hollywood right now. Right, so you don't have to worry about uh having this bad weather and this snow that we're talking about. So <laughs> so Oh uh, no, is know. it bad over there? 
Oh, well, it's not it's not too bad here. It's just uh, pretty bad, and uh, it's been pretty bad in, in Maryland where where Ryan is. But uh, but awesome. but thanks for uh, thanks for actually uh, being on the show with us today. Uh, just just so our listeners know, um, could you just talk a little bit about you know your background? I did give you a little bit of a of an introduction, but tell us just a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Um, I am primarily an actress. I lived out in New York. I went to school for musical theater, and I lived out in New York for about five years. And while I was there, I did um, a couple of shows on Broadway, off Broadway, and did some film and TV stuff. Um, But I really wanted to get more into that. And um, I actually uh, just shot a pilot for ABC called Mixology. I did that uh, yesterday or the day before. so, yeah, working on that, um, since I've been out here, I've done an episode of Castle, which was a lot of fun. And I also um, am still doing the musical theater thing. It's weird. You know, people say when you move to L.A., you kind of sell out as an artist, and the opposite has happened with me. I um, I do musical theater all the time. I sing with a band, um, and I'm writing my first book, or I finished my first book, so... It's been great. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And, and actually, it, it was funny. We were texting back and forth, and I and I uh, I met the the way that I even heard about uh, Anna was I I met her parents, and they told me that you know they'd said all these amazing things about her, and that that you had this book so uh, that you're that you were working on, and that the um, the Kindle version was out right uh, was out at the time, and you're still working on on the final version. Uh, and I bought the book right away. So uh, the book is actually called Me and You, and it's a mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a series of interviews. And could you talk a little bit about kind of, of what inspired you to write the book and just that process? Because I felt like uh, like that was pretty unique. Yeah, sure. Um, basically, well, the hard copy is out now um, at meandyouthebook.com, so you can get the paperback and the Kindle version from that website on Amazon. And basically it started out um, as a project that I was actually going to film. I was actually going to do When Harry Met Sally kind of thing and kind of interview um, different couples on film and just ask them kind of about how they first met, what their first impressions of each other were, and ultimately why they decided to spend their lives together. And as I was kind of going through that process, I realized that in order to shoot a documentary the way that it needs to be shot, I'd need a ton more people. I would need probably two or three cameras. I would need lighting, professional, just you know, just more professional uh, people behind the scenes. And I realized that in order to get the types of interviews that I needed, um, as far as like intimate, uh, you know, relationship interviews, um, it just needed to be a one-on-one thing. You know, most of these people I grew up with. Um, they've known me since I was a baby, and they really felt comfortable uh, kind of divulging a lot of personal information, and I got some really amazing, amazing stories. Um, So it just kind of, I have all this amazing footage um, that I took myself, um, video footage, but I used um, it to write a book of dialogue, pretty much. Excellent. Yeah, and I'll tell you, uh, it, it was it was really unique, um, in, in my opinion, because it, you basically have uh, have each person talking, and instead of using it, or instead of kind of uh, 
using a script format where you say who's talking. It's like one person's speech is in italics and the other one isn't. So it's a really kind of natural flow. Um, my, my next question to you was just about any common themes because you you did uh, interview all types of couples. You have young couples, old couples, you know, mixed race. You have uh, have same-sex heterosexual couples. Were there any kind of common threads that you saw? Um, just in terms of uh, between between just two people, just in a relationship, as far mm-hmm. as like um, yeah, just yeah, just yeah between, I mean, between the different ones. Yeah, definitely. There were, you know, the way that uh, people deal with um, when they're upset or when they're angry, you know, it's a very um, male thing to want to deal with that right away. And even in the um, in the same-sex couples, um, you know, there was uh, a more dominant, for lack of a better word, um, figure in the heterosexual couples. And um, that they usually wanted to deal with problems right away and usually the um the female uh counterpart usually wanted to, you know, take some time, cool off and then talk about things. Um so that was kind of a common thread um between all of the couples as well as um just in the way that that people communicate and just I think what I've learned most of all by doing these interviews is that um it's not easy and it 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 shouldn't be easy like marriage is is hard work and it's not you know when a relationship is new and fun that's great and you know you're attracted to each other and it's exciting but as the relationship gets you know as the years go by as 20 30 years go by you almost become like business partners, you know, you have to, you know, deal with bills, you have to have children, you have to, you know, and it becomes this partnership that is work. But if you have a good foundation of of fun to begin with, I think it's what I've learned is that it's easy to bring that back in the relationship. And it was was a common theme. And I, I never really thought, because I am relatively young, I've never really thought about a relationship being hard work and how rewarding that can be. I've just kind of dated and been like, oh, this is great. And then after a few years, it's like, oh, this isn't so great. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, and <laughs> I, I want to ask you, what um, in, in your research and the couples that you talked to, uh, what was, was there anything that was, was shocking that kind of you didn't expect that after talking to different couples, you kind of like, okay, this is either good or bad, but something that you just didn't expect uh, to, to come across in your research? Hmm. Well, one of the couples that I interviewed, um, they were a same-sex couple. They were lesbians, but they actually married as um, uh, male-female. So when they married, they were in a traditional marriage, but then throughout the course of their marriage, about two or three years in, he actually um, became, well, he was transgender. That has always been a part of their marriage, but he actually has come out as a woman uh, recently in the last year. Um, So one of kind of the the very surprising thing. Rewind. Yeah, I got to get, make sure you don't. Yeah, I know. It's intense. Wait a minute. They were, he was transgender before, when he got married, he was living life as a male. He was, exactly. He he was born a female, but living life as a male. 
sorry, no. He was born a male, living oh. life as a male, um, and on their first date, he kind of pulled the car over and was like, I need to tell you something about myself. I don't really understand it. And he said, sometimes I like to wear women's clothing. And this, um, you know, the girl that he was kind of dating, at, you know, their, it was their first date, she was, um, she identified as bisexual and she was kind of like, okay, well, I, I, okay. <laughs> you know, and throughout the course of their relationship, he has he has um, changed his identity from a man to to a woman now. So now they're not in a heterosexual relationship; they're actually in a lesbian relationship. Wow. Okay. Um. So that was, I mean, that was uh, very um, obviously surprising for me when I when I started the interview um, process and I was looking for couples to interview. Um, she kind of gave me a heads up, but um, but their their backstory is is incredible because there's a lot of acceptance that that comes with that acceptance for the person that you marry. You know, she was like, I married a man who I was very much in love with, and now the person is still there, but the man is not. I mean, so that was surprising. Gotcha. <laughs> Definitely, and you know, there's another thing as we as we talk about this. And you know, the the a really hot topic right now is you know the Supreme Court's uh, rulings on marriage uh, equality and the Defense of Marriage right. Act and that type of thing. In in an interview, I heard um, you know someone say that things are different when you're married versus when you're not. And I know that in in your interviews, you you uh, you interviewed some people who had decided not to get married. They're just in long-term relationships. You also, uh, you also interviewed some married people and then some people who had been, been divorced and remarried. Did you, did you detect any significant difference between um, a, a married couple and a couple that, that had been together for a long time and had not been married? Um, well, the couple that I interviewed um, that, uh, decided ha- has made the decision not to marry. They've been together for eight years, eight or nine years. Um, so their relationship is still relatively new, you know, in the in the big picture. Um, and you know, it's something that they're in their thirties now. And you know, when you hit your thirties, I think especially women, you start getting those questions. Where it's like, okay, clock's ticking, you know, when when are you guys going to, you know, get married and have kids, you know, do all the things that, you know, it, in our society is it's kind of expected of us. And um, I think that they, this particular couple, I think, you know, it, down the line it could happen, but they really... I really feel like they have such a, a strong bond and they respect each other so much um, that at this point in their lives, marriage just isn't isn't on the radar right now and it's not something that they think about. I think it's something more that their families and society kind of wonders about. Um, but as far as differences, I mean, I interviewed people who had been who have been married for over fifty years. Um, and there's definitely, you know, a, a difference between people who have been married for over 50 years and, and people who have just got married, you know, a few years ago. Um, so, there, you know, there are major differences. Obviously, the age difference is one thing. But there, 
it's surprising how many common themes there are throughout the book um, and how, you know, I originally wanted to interview couples that had only been in relationships, you know, marriages that were 20 years and, and longer. And I actually found, you know, interviewing some of my friends who are in their 30s now and who just recently married, um, the, the things that they said were, were very insightful and, and kind of paralleled, um, you know, my grandparents who have been married for 56 years. There's definitely a common theme in, in couples who, who make the commitment to marry and who don't, who just love each other and respect each other and want, want to build a life together, you know? Wonderful. Yeah. One, um, I mean, we get you out of here on this. One, one question I wanted to ask was: in your research, was there what was kind of the range of how long people dated uh, versus how long they've been married? Did you did you see anything like that? Uh, was that part of your research and kind of find out what people? Yeah. Did? Okay. Um. Yeah. No. Definitely. Um. It was interesting. You know, I interviewed my grandparents and I interviewed my grandma. Um. On my dad's side, and uh, her, you know, my grandpa has passed away some time ago now. And um, my grandma, she and my grandpa had only dated for like three or four months um, before he proposed, and she wasn't ready at first. And then after six months, I guess she was. (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to rush anything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't want to rush into it. Um, But no, I mean, I I think that actually my generation, um, the younger generation, waits a little bit longer. You know, you see engagements and and um, dating that last, you know, two, three, four, five years before before marriage. Um, and I think the older generations, um, yeah, pretty much six months to to a year and a half, two years. Um, and that's pushing it. Probably six months to a year tops were were people, um, you know, in their in their fifties, sixties, and seventies, and eighties. Cool. Well, um, Anna, why don't you um, go ahead? Tell us uh, how people can get a copy of the book and, and uh, catch you, and uh, anything you have, might have coming up um, soon. People can look it for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, well, the pilot that I just shot uh, was called Mixology. And that'll be airing on ABC if it gets picked up. So just look for uh, it's called Mixology. Um, and as far as the book goes, it's uh, the website is www.meandyou. All spelled out, meandyouthebook.com. Um, you can also just Google me, Anna A N N A Bowen B O W E N, um, and you can that'll take you directly to my website. Um, my acting website, and you can click on the Me and You tab on my on my website and and figure out how to buy the book from there as well. Excellent. Well, Anna, we definitely want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and thank your parents also for connecting us. Talk about adorable couples that have been together for a long time. They definitely fit the bill. So uh, you had, had some great models uh, before you even got the book started. So so we would just like to thank you and wish you the best in all that you do. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Cool. 
right, man. So, so what do you think about that, man? You're going to have a, a chapter about you and Janelle in the book in about 10, you, 15, 20 years? You no, know, I, I, I meant to throw in that plug, man, if she wanted to, uh, she wanted to interview us for the sequel. But I, I'll tell you what, the um, the book was is definitely uh, a, a page turner. It's just like listening in on a um, on a conversation, and and I. I definitely endorse the book or, or recommend it to people, especially as you're, uh, you're you're thinking about relationships. And I think we get people that will, you know, write these self-help and these relationship books that may or may not have successful relationships. So it's cool to <laughs> actually get the words verbatim from some people that have, and this book captures right. it. So it's pretty pretty nice. Good stuff. Yep. So, man, we want to um... – Keep it going. <laughs> we want to keep it going and, and uh, discussing some other parts of relationship because um, recently in the news, and, and you know, I, I don't, I haven't watched the show uh, in the last couple of seasons, but you know, when stuff gets big, it, it ends up taking over the social media networks, and we discuss it and things like that. So we want to talk about um, the, the Real Housewives of Atlanta. There was, um, I, I didn't even know. Uh, Cordell Stewart was married. Didn't know he had a wife that was on the show, but her, uh, his wife Portia, was on the show. Are you watching this season, man? No, you know what? Actually, I've caught a couple because my wife watches it, so I have seen her. And and I and I actually, every once in a while, my eye will catch the screen, and I'll tell you what, it's um, it 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 definitely can attract one's eye. <laughs> so I know, so I do know who she is, and, and I do know about all the all the, the booty videos. But no, nah, I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even no, know all that. That's funny. That's funny. I didn't. I didn't even know all, all that. But what I do know is that uh, recently, you know, there was apparently the the end of the season, and and uh, the question of whether or not uh, she was going to come back next season, and um, whether Cordell was going to participate in the reunion show, and some things got heated. Uh, they got upset. He didn't want her to do the show anymore, and and he was apparently he has a reputation for being uh, controlling. So um, and then in the show she was called submissive. She did her uh, Nene and and other ladies want to go to a strip club. I don't even know if it was a male or female strip club. Um, not that I guess it doesn't make, make really make the matter. But uh, she didn't want to go to the strip club. She said it really was her thing. Plus she didn't think that Cordell would be pleased with her going to a strip club, mm-hmm. and uh, she was uh, ridiculed and scorned <laughs> and called the S word. She was called submissive. And um Oh no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this <laughs> so that uh you know, let let you know, sparked uh great frenzy among feminists and, and women about whether, you know, submission and, and what uh, actually should happen, what it should look like. So and we you know and we discussed this in the group a little bit and we want to kind of you know, you and I talk about it on the air and again six four six six five two excuse me, six five two two six four seven is the number to call in if you want to uh, chime in on this part of the conversation. Uh, but we want to kind of just tackle this thing. And, um, you know, both of us are, are Christians, so we have a, a the, the, our, our marriage guidelines and blueprints are, are come from the Bible. So we kind of want to, what I want to do was before we jump into the conversation, uh, because we want to tackle it from a couple of different um, pieces of it. We want to talk about what submission is supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like, who's supposed to submit, uh, you know, what it really means. I think so many people, they hear the word, they think it means you're someone's love slave. You know, they're they're mindless uh, person to do whatever it is you tell them to do. But I want to read uh, where this really kind of all starts from, um, from Ephesians 5. I'm going to read a couple of verses, 21 to 33, and then we'll kind of go from there. Cool? Yep. 
Because I was hoping you said that because that's what I had planned. I had a backup <laughs> right. plan if you were to call me. Look, my, look my, my backup plan was First Corinthians uh, 11 and 3. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're on the same wavelength. Go ahead. Did you make that up? Because if not, you can go ahead and read no, that. No, I, I didn't make that up. All right, cool. Go, go ahead. You, you can, when I'm no, done, go we'll, we'll throw that in there too. All right, so Ephesians so 5, uh, 5 starts. Uh, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he may sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loves himself. For no man ever has hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. And mine here was uh, uh, from the NIV. It, it's uh, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. And and so, you know, so when, when you talk about submission from, from a biblical uh, perspective, uh, Typically, you're, what's being said is that you know this this assumes that the man is actually following God, and and, um, and then the woman would will follow man, and, and actually, as as I've learned it, um, you know, women tend to not not mind submitting to a, a God fearing husband or a husband that's following those things. It's 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 when you know it's oftentimes when the man is not doing it where you run into the problem. So so that was just kind of the uh, you know the my setup that I was that I thought about and, and something that that uh, you know makes it a little bit different than than what people uh, tend to think and when they when they tend to think that the the woman is just supposed to be the slave and, and that type of thing. Right. You know, and, and that, that's true. And I think that um, as we discussed it in the group earlier in the week, <clears throat> that there's a difference in um, the term submission and being submissive. I think that that's um, a thing that. Submission, and the way I define a submission, what you're submitting is, is your will to your relationship. You know, and, and it's a dual thing. It's not just the wife submitting to the man. The man in the relationship is, is submitting to his wife as well. I mean, there's things that we both want uh, that we both would like to do, but we you know, understand that you know what my wife is is my priority. Uh, so I'm going to submit my will unto uh, to the will of our relationship. What's what's best for our relationship? You know, and, right. and, it, and it talks about how you know we're supposed to love your wives as Christ loved the church. And what did Christ do when, when he was uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane? Uh, he, he he prayed that God would take the, uh, this away. He 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 prayed that, that hey, if there's any other way, and I'm paraphrasing obviously, if there's any other way we can do this <laughs> without me having to hang on a cross and die, then then can we do this? Uh, but then, what did he finally say? He said, "But not my will, Thy will be done." So, so Christ submitted his own desires, and he submitted to the will of his Father. 
that's how because he loved the church so as a husband we're submitting as well there's things we want to do there's things that we wish were better uh that, that we could do differently but as as the, the the head following christ following his model then when we're in that relationship then we should be submitting as well uh giving up those desires giving up those things that that aren't uh, uh productive in our relationship so i think that that's what's important because the word uh husband submit to your wife isn't specifically spelled out in that way, in the Bible, people, you know, get twisted sometimes. But, it, I mean, right, the, the verse before that, you know, the first verse that I read, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So, I mean, it's a it's a mutual type of submission. Um, I think people confuse it a lot with uh, the whole head of the house thing and, and what right. that means. Uh, but when you talk about submission and really um, what what's going to work for that relationship, I think that's different. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that... You know, if, if why would you? And the question becomes, why would you want to go and do anything that's going to cause um, conflict in your relationship just to prove that your husband or your wife's not the boss? Right. You know, who? who well, why you would know, you, do that? you know the the really funny thing too. Now that you mentioned it, like if when I talk to most married men, the mm-hmm. the crazy thing is is usually you get. This is most this this whole idea of submission is most controversial uh, to women, but most married men I know. We end up submitting more than our wives do anyway. <laughs> you know, it's just like, when's the last time? I, I mean, men typically don't like to call home and check in. You know, a lot right. of times yeah. women are, uh, we don't require women to check in a lot of times. But you know, women tend to say, "Hey, I just want to hear from you," and 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 so could you check? You don't have to. You don't really have to check in, but could you see how the family's doing or whatever? Now, you know, we we kind of feel like. Like that's that's a bit of a low jack, you know. <laughs> so and and I and then I don't know many men who require that of their of their um, of their spouse or who even if they don't require it, they they don't ask it, expecting for uh, for uh, their their wife to comply. So I don't know. It's kind of funny that it's so uh, it's so controversial to women when in many cases it just seems like like men were the ones that. That are are doing a whole lot of the submission, so I, I'm I'm being somewhat um, blatantly controversial with that. But uh, but if you all have a problem with it, give us a call. That's a good perspective that you brought up, and I think that's the thing. I think that that's just a different perspective, and where a lot of times when uh, and, you know men and women do it, when you're uh, faced with something you don't like, you look at all the negatives on how it affects you, but you forget to look at the other side and say, oh, I didn't see you were doing this, 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 or this, you know, and uh, I'm, I, when you look at these verses, I mean, there's a lot more in here for what the man's supposed to do than what the woman's supposed to do anyway, so, right. uh, you know, we, we got a lot that, that we're expected of as well, um, so, you know, we're not getting off just saying, hey, hey, woman, go cook me some french fries. <laughs> <laughs>
the way that Islam is laid out, it's, that's actually the men are supposed to be revering the women and protecting the women, and that's and that's what it you know it, it's really you know supposed to be that. And you have some people that that um, that interpreted it in a different way or in a way that actually oppressed women. So I think you know that that's kind of uh, a, number one a, a way for people from the West to kind of understand the intent, but then also uh, caution two men even that that do follow the bible that you know you you are you you aren't supposed to uh repress your woman that's not what that's about it's it's really about uh you know about protection and helping you know her to feel secure and that type of thing and and you know a, a god-fearing man it won't or a godly man won't put his wife in that in a predicament where she feels uncomfortable or oppressed by by him you know, being the head of the family, and and then she'll she'll want to submit. Exactly, exactly. We got a call, man. So let's go ahead and go to the lines. Uh, we have the one and only Love Doctor calling in. Welcome to the show, Pete. Hey guys, good topic tonight. I'm really glad that you touched upon it. Well, thanks, man. What what uh, what insights do you have for us today? You know, I think we need to really start taking marriage seriously. I mean, we've been reading about uh, Cordell Stewart and uh, the young lady from uh, Real Housewives in Atlanta and, you know, all these uh, scandals with politicians and just everyday people. And like you guys are breaking it down, we need to get back to the principles of the Bible of how the Bible is defined marriage. My parents have been married 41 years. Yes, they were divorced for three years. They learned from their mistakes. They had teachable moments and, you know, they moved on, and I thank them for showing me what a good marriage should be and what I should emulate in a marriage. And you all talked about uh, submission. Uh, it's not just about, you know, submitting to each other, but it's also submitting to the will of God. So I think we need to learn how to uh, distinguish, you know, what submission is and what the intent is and just basically respect and love each other. I, I think sometimes we, we make it more complicated than what it seems, but, you know, we just need to work at it, and communication, as I have stressed before, is the, is the uh, paramount key for success okay. in relationships. So, so, Peter, just, just, to, just to chime in here, so so what do you think, um, what do you think has changed between the times that, um, uh, the, the times that, uh, that where, where people did kind of, um, you know, were, were married for the long haul versus these days, as, as you say, where, where people don't, um, don't really try as hard. So I think people are just so. Uh, yeah, I think people are just so caught up in the hoopla of marriage. They feel you know pressured by others, and they're trying to live their lives by other people's standards. And you know, we look at statistics now, like in our generation, you know, people are getting married a little bit later because they want to go to graduate school or the careers, and uh, other things are taking precedence. So I think it's that people are afraid to be individuals. They're, they are afraid to dare to be different. Um, they are so caught up in being judged by others. Well, you're, you know, you're near 40, you're a woman, why aren't you married or you're a man? What's wrong with you? You know, and sometimes you just have to say, hey, this is not my time. It's I'm on God's, you know, Timex or, you know, stopwatch. You can't define my life. You know, I'm not you. I'm not anybody else. My life is, is different. Right. Okay. Well, well, thanks, man. As usual, uh, you, you dropped some pearls of wisdom. We appreciate it. Oh, no problem, guys. You guys have a good Easter. All right, you too. All right, thank you, man. All right, take care. 
definitely hope God is rocking a Rolex, though. Not yeah, you know, I was, I was wondering about that. I, I, just, I was like, you know, the, I, I love the metaphor, but there's something about God wearing a Timex. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, he's not a, he's not about the material. You know, it's right, long right. as hell's time. Yeah. I was thinking more of God's sundial, but, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, well, he, he, he is the beginning and the end. He's been in forever, so I guess he doesn't really need a watch because it's true. Like, or a sundial or anything. Yeah. But, but anyway. I'm not gonna go too far into God jokes because I want to go to heaven. So <laughs> true, true. God, but, that up. but you know, you know, one, you know, my motto: God has a sense of humor too. So we just people say that. I don't want to, what scripture was that? I need proof. Right, <laughs> 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 we'll just look in the mirror, man. And no, I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. That was funny. All right, man, we got, let's go to the Ask R&B segment, man, because we got some things that – we got three topics. Hopefully we can squeeze them all in here in the last uh, 15 minutes. Uh, some things that were uh, brought up in the, the Facebook group. Uh, the first one we want to talk about um, – it's not so much relationship, so to say, but I thought it was an interesting um, topic. Uh, Bill Gates, the uh, computer guy, the billionaire, the founder of Microsoft, uh, uh, he – is is challenging. He's offering a hundred thousand dollar startup grant to the person who designs. Get this, the next generation condom that significantly preserves or enhances pleasure and promotes regular use. So Bill Gates, I don't know what made him want to do it. You know why him? But he 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 thinks that the old condom that I don't know how long condoms have been around, but he thinks that the one that's out now just isn't good enough. <laughs> he feels like that there's a way. What, what's, what's funny, man? He, he no, it's funny like, that you're saying the you're saying the one like like there like there's oh, there's one well, like there's one condom. <laughs> like I know they they have a right. lot of different kinds, but go ahead. It, it, the the style of condom, right? The, the design, the of technology. Condoms. Right, so gotcha, okay. he, he thinks that's not good enough. He wants one that enhances pleasure and promotes regular use. So I, I thought it was interesting. You know, I, I'm not really sure what uh, what do you think will promote regular use. I mean, we're not condom geniuses as far as inventions, but <laughs> what would it take to, for someone to promote regular use of one? Uh, well, you know, I think, honestly, I think that it's uh, – that it, it it's for those that don't use condoms it, it's less about the feeling that, than it is about kind of the culture behind it you know there there are some people that are just like look I'm just not going to do it I'm just not going to use it and um and I don't know that you could necessarily make a condom that um you know that that felt like I mean basically you'd have to make one that felt like you didn't have one on and you know I, I mean if anybody's going to going to do it uh, or, or uh, somebody's going to create an incentive. I think Bill Gates is an excellent person to do it. So <laughs> because it's it's, it's good to try, but I think the um, the reason that those that don't use them, uh, the reason they don't use them, uh, kind of goes deeper than just that it it you know feels like I I have a plastic bag on while I'm doing it. I don't I don't know what, what do you think about it. Well, I think it goes really to, and, and I think we you and I had discussed this before. Um, maybe online or just offline, but you got to look at why people use condoms. And I think it, it's two main reasons why people actually use condoms. Uh, one is to protect from STDs, and another is to prevent pregnancy. And I think that more people um, probably do it. You, I think if people were honest, most people probably more people probably use them to not get pregnant than to protect from STDs. Because I just when you look at the rate of 
how many people are out there who who, who do get pregnant. I, I don't think that that's the scary part. I think that I mean I don't think that I think that is the scary part. Rather, people rather you know people take their chances about getting something, you know, waking up with. <laughs> Look, with I'm, I'm over here thinking maybe in Baltimore, man, but that's not uh, how we rolled. <laughs> how we rolled. I don't know. Maybe you know. I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I, what is the reason? So I think that people are more afraid of of having a baby than 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 the STD, or maybe it's the other way around. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about regular use, it's going to be about. And, you know, if you tell me. Smoking cigarettes is going to cause your, your lungs to collapse and you know get cancer. That's good. I'm not going to do it. But um, and, but when you talk about so if, if the message is that same thing to people who use condoms about the STDs and, and or the pregnancy, somehow that message isn't getting through. That that uh, people are still willing to go ahead and uh, take those risks because of there just is no feeling better than not using one. Right. So. It, yeah, and you know, and, and and I'll and I'll be I'll be honest. I mean, one thing that I do know, I mean, I know some people, and and, and you and I have talked about some some of some of the, the the sketchier folks that that I actually know, but I know people who really uh, like the idea of having a bunch of kids, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of men that like the idea of having kids with multiple people as well. So again, you know, you, you get into the psychology of why people uh, don't use them. It's not always just about the physical feeling. It's about, you know, other things. Some For some people, it's like a trust thing. So, you know, you don't trust me, so you, you're you going to wear this condom. You know, it, do, it doesn't matter if it, if it feels like a second, you know, skin or the original skin. If, if that's the reason, if, if, not using a condom is kind of a a trust pack. Then you know that's not going to really change it. You know, and I think I said it backwards. I, I don't have to replay. I think <laughs> people. <laughs> no, I think when people use it, they are afraid of the STD. That's that's what I'm saying. You know. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. I was about to say. I I, I just I, you know we weren't seeing eye to eye on no, that. Yeah, one, I, but... I think I said it backwards. I think that that's the most thing. I I don't you know the, people don't want to get sick. Uh, but when you have, if someone, because that's, if you know the person you're with doesn't have anything, and they're on the pill or there's some kind of permanent birth control in place, then you know people are more willing to like, all right, well at least I know I'm not gonna get anything and we can't have a baby, then we cool. So yeah, right. But thinking about you know the sec, you said second skin. I wonder if is there any way to to duplicate what the inside of a woman is made of. And make a condom out of that, so that it technically really is a second skin, and that'd be interesting. You know, you you that that was one of those. Uh, you just rolled something up and and sparked it up when we were on the on the on the <laughs> call. You <laughs> said it. it was so, your idea. You so, it because that, like, that one right there, man. That one. Yeah. <laughs> that like some some um, uh, Hannibal Lecter type. Yeah, that was that was really interesting. I mean, I guess I guess one might say that the sheepskin kind of does that possibly, but you know, it's, that's that's very interesting, man. <laughs> you you really went to a very interesting place right there. But hey, my hat's off to you, man, because what what people that the, the person that thinks like that is going to win this money from Bill Gates because it's that type of thinking that that really uh, creates innovation, man. So I might have just stuff. given away yeah. the winning idea. I have no idea yeah. how to do it, so someone else is going to get the money. Right. But I, I think that's how you do it, man. You got to find yeah. a way to duplicate that. Why don't you go into the second one, man? We we got. <laughs> 
Right, I felt that going downhill very quickly. <laughs> okay, so so the next the next one that we talked about is uh, is bad habits. So um, you know we we all have bad habits, and you know sometimes it's it's a thing that that we do, but um, but oftentimes it's it's something you know we don't see our bad habits. We see bad habits that other people have that really irritate us. So um, so how do you? You know, for those people, well, first of all, are there any habits that really just irritate you? And if there are, how do you stay away from those folks that exhibit those bad habits? Yeah, you totally misinterpreted what the question was, but we'll go with what you said. (laughs) Cool, I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, (laughs) See, I wasn't prepared for that one. People that, you know, Look, no. now you know how people that that uh that we interview feel because we really don't prep them for those interviews. Right. Well, I like it that way. I don't want canned answers and stuff. I want it organic. There's but also um, organic answer to my question. Yeah. Go ahead. So, how how you say with people who have bad habits that you don't like? Yeah, I I um let out my inner jerk as we talked about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, no. I I I try to uh Subscribe to my How to Win Friends and Influence People training. And, uh, you know, I let people be them for the most part. Um, so if it's something that's not going to directly uh, impact me, it's just something that bugs me, and it's not someone who I'm stuck with you know, on, a, on a regular basis, then, you know, you deal, you deal with it. Because I think we all have bad habits that we that we um, have to learn how to deal with and, and expect other people to deal with as well. So how about you? Um, well, well what, what is a bad habit that irritates you. You didn't, you didn't answer that one. Oh, I must have missed that part. Um, you know, I, a bad habit that would irritate me, I, I, <laughs> people who don't answer your question that you ask. <laughs> answer, answer a question with a question is a bad habit. Okay. Not even answer a question with a question. People who don't, you ask like, like you ask someone, hey, what time are you plan to be home? Well, I gotta stop at the store first, then run over here to get my my clothes from the cleaner, and then pick up some some dinner. So you said some things, but you didn't answer the question. I still don't know what time. My question was, what time are you gonna be home? You know, right. so stuff like that. That that's one bad habit that definitely gets me. Got you. Okay. So so for me, um, a bad habit. You know, uh, I I don't like people that try to complete your sentence before you finish. Is so irritating, and, and I know a few people that that, that really do that do it all no. the time. Yeah, and 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 I'm and I'm talking to them. I'm like, I and know that there's absolutely oh. no way that you know what I'm going to say, but it, so you know, I end up talking, and, and at the end, they just kind of mumble the the end of what I said, and I'm like, you didn't know, you didn't know what I said. I was going to say I mean, that, you just, right? You just you just you just you just mumbled at the end of my sentence. That could have been anything. <laughs> no, you could have said peanut. You could have said tree nut. I don't know. I, I don't know. So, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that right there is so irritating. But, but you know, just like you, I I, I gauge how um, close that person is to me and, and what type of impact that actually has on me. So if it's somebody that I just, like, see at work and I don't work directly with, I'm not going to say anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, it, people people do not like negative feedback. They, they really just don't. So uh, you know, I, I if it's not that big a deal, I just let it slide and talk about them on the radio show. I just vent on the radio show, <laughs> make right. up pseudonyms for them. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what, ne- next week what we'll do is we'll discuss the question that was, how it's supposed to be asked in those bad habits, meaning uh, people who um, you just can't be around because there would be temptation. That's what the question is. Oh, was. okay, I got you. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like get that. The Maxwell song, Bad Habits. But let's go to the last oh. question. We run out. <laughs> got you, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that. No, maybe we should know. That's probably a good idea. Yeah, bad, you know that. Bad that habit. Get, Bringing up that, that bad stuff. That gets you in trouble. You yeah, in trouble. That, gets you, that gets us in trouble, man. Don't <laughs> don't set us up, man. Don't right. set us up. Right. So the last subject, the last question that was asked. Uh, this one was titled Hagen Dies. So, and I, this one was so uh, creatively written. So you got to read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 before you even say it, I will just say that I I did not understand the question Wait. as it was written at the time, or or when you rehashed it for today. So so you go ahead and, and break that down. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. So this question is asking. Okay, about a relationship. So it's, and it's written in a metaphor. So let's say you have a bowl of vanilla ice cream. The best dang vanilla bean ice cream you've ever eaten. You love eating that vanilla bean ice cream, but every now and then you have a hankering to put that vanilla bean on some, say, peach cobbler. How do you go about suggesting some peach cobbler without completely melting or diluting the wonderful vanilla bean ice cream? So this question is about having, you know, trying to add a spark or kind of take things to the next level in in the the bedroom aspect of your relationship. Everything is fine. It's the best. I mean, Hagen Dodge is the top of the line. So you're not complaining about what you're getting. But every now and then you want to throw some sprinkles on there. You want to maybe pour just a little chocolate on the Hagen Dodge. So, uh, so what? Um, <laughs> so the question is asking, you know, how 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 do you go about doing that? So. What what suggestions would you give for someone who wants to spice some things up and really make them uh, different without the person thinking that you don't like what you're already getting? You know that that is an excellent question. That's what I said before I read um, it. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely is an excellent question. I I think I think number one, you have to know the person, right? Because there there are going to be some people who who don't really mind, you know, that that are adventurous in that way. If you have somebody that that isn't really adventurous. Then you know you maybe you role play you know get get them out of out of being them and into being somebody else but you know for some people, even role play is something totally different. They might say, "Oh, we got a role play, why we got a role play? You don't like who I am before why you want me to put the wig on but uh but it you know i mean that that's that's one way would be would be to role play the other way again you know i i I kind of fall back on that how how to win friends and influence people. I really would. I'd ask myself, how badly do I really want to do this? You know, how 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 what what difference will it really make? And do I want to risk, you know, messing something up, trying to swing from the chandelier? But but uh, but that that's me. What about you? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, if role play includes me putting on her panties, then that's going to be a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, listen, no man thongs. I don't right, care right. what what we're doing. It's just, you, you think you want that, but you're not going to respect me when you right. see me next right. day. All right, see, right. When we put your panties on, you think that's sexy now. Then I call you in two years and talk about, <laughs> babe, I want to be a woman now, right. then, then see what happens. So don't be talking about, I don't know what happened. So, yeah, man. But no, I, I think that the, the part of that is really being open and honest about what you enjoy, what your expectations are, and then being honest about who you agree to be with. Because 
if you share, so you know what, my, one of my fantasies is, is doing it in the back of a, a school bus. I just throwing something out there with no kids on it, of course. But um, and that person is repulsed by what you said. You can't think that oh, well maybe I can convince them down the line, or maybe I can you know somehow get them to agree. You got to be honest. Okay, this person doesn't necessarily you know isn't it the same wavelength as I am. So this could be a problem. If I'm not willing, either one or two things will happen. I'm going to convince them to come with me, or I'm going to have to give up what I want and settle for what, you know, they're comfortable with. And you got to decide which one's going to happen. It's going to be a lot easier, it's a lot harder, rather, to convince somebody else to, to do those kind of things if that's not what they're already into. Right. Especially if they feel like it's, it's nasty and bad. It's one thing sometimes someone says, you know, I've never done it, but I'm open, versus someone saying, I think that's wrong. You know, right. so uh, you got to be honest with what you're looking for, what you're looking for, and what uh, the person you're with says they're down with. And hopefully, you know, you can find someone who's compatible. Uh, but, you know, I'm all for uh, letting your freak flag fly when you got the right one and doing what, you know, makes you both happy and content. Um, again, as long as there's no um, role play as such as. <laughs> really, just know your line. Just know your line and have a safety right, word. Right. Just know your line, have a safety <laughs> word, and, and you're all good. Right. Well, hey, uh, you know, I, I definitely, again, enjoyed having the show tonight. I, I've, I've been getting some messages about people not being able to call in, so we're going to check that out. So next week you can make sure that you call in. We're going to work out our phone line situation. But, uh, hey, man, it's been another great week. I appreciate appreciate you setting things up, as you always do. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you for all you do as well. So we'll be back. Uh, com is where you can listen to the show during the week for the replay. Uh, also, the blog is, is uh, the Rob, or Hit us on Facebook, facebook.com slash show. Till next week, peace. Hey. Sky ain't the 